Welcome, everybody. I'm David Irvin. I'm a leadership development specialist and a best-selling author. We want to welcome you to our Leaders Navigator podcast. The premise is simple. The podcast will provide you with insights for living and leading the authentic way so that you'll be better equipped to amplify your impact as a difference maker in any area in your life. We'll cover a variety of topics related to authenticity and what it means to bring humanity into the world. What's uniquely special is that I'm doing this podcast together with my daughter, Haley, and I'm excited about this opportunity to work jointly on this project that we are both so passionate about. Welcome, Haley, to another episode. Here we are, back again. <laughs> and and we missed last week, school. another day of school, and you, we missed last week because what were you doing, Dad? I was doing our authentic leadership academy at the university of calgary last week our four-day academy and tell me dad what was that like what was it for people who have no idea what it is what did that look like and uh, how are you feeling about it well i thought we'd spend some time uh, your suggestion spending some time talking about it but there's a bigger issue here uh, and a bigger topic that goes along with it but let me just give you a little bit of background so i've been spending the last 40 years of my life uh, traveling around the continent primarily, teaching people how to be better leaders in their family, in their community, in their, in their organizations. And I, I kind of go from one, one topic, you know, one organization to another. And, and I was, I've been feeling that something was missing. And then there's a, bit of a, there's a bit of a backstory here. And then I'll talk about the academy. But the backstory is that, you know, your Uncle Hal, uh, mm -hmm. got diagnosed with a brain tumor. He was a doctor for 35 years. He got diagnosed with a brain tumor that eventually took him down. And he got diagnosed in 2013 and he died in 2017. And I helped care for him in his home. I didn't do the heavy lifting. I, he had his caregivers and his wife and was able to stay at home uh, until he passed. But his dying was actually helpful for my living. And this is all going to come around to the story. But he, in reflecting, I was beginning to think, first of all, he had a bucket list. And I always say, if you have a bucket list, do it now. Because his bucket list was when he retired and he ended up uh, dying the year that he, or certainly getting diagnosed with the year that he retired and wasn't able to really do hardly anything on his bucket list. So do it now. But the bigger... The bigger learning for me was that his dying really helped my living because it really helped me examine when you get close to death or you get close to someone who's dying, it makes you think about what really matters in your life and what you want to do with your life. And so I began to think, what do I want to do with this next chapter of my life? And I reflected on all these, these presentations that I travel around. And sometimes I got hired to do some consulting and I do longer term work and some coaching. But there was something missing in my career. And what I really, you know, my, my life is about serving and it's about giving and it's about teaching. This is who I am. And I, I began to put this together that I wanted to do some kind of a, an extensive leadership development program for people that wanted to go deeper than just a presentation. Um, and th there's, you know, I heard years ago this quote. And it said, when the deepest part of you becomes engaged in what you're doing, 
When what you do serves both yourself and others, when you do not tire on the inside, but seek the sweet satisfaction of your life and your work, what then? Then you know you're doing what you're meant to be doing. And for some reason or other, I put myself out there to say, I'm going to invite people to come to a four-day retreat, a leadership retreat. And at that time, we held them at the Banff Center. And then... The then COVID came along two years later, and we had, didn't hold them. And then when COVID lifted, I wanted to make them. I realized I wanted to make them more accessible to people because they were fairly extent, expensive out at the Banff Center. And so I talked to my good friends at the social work faculty at the University of Calgary, and we went into a partnership. And they host the the building, the classroom and all of the technology, and I bring people in to do these four-day leadership academies. And they are what has given me a deep, deep sense of satisfaction. This is what I meant to do. I mean, I still love speaking. I still love coaching. But when I get people together for, you know, we had 40 people last week. When I get them together in a room um, and they, we build a community and they learn together, and it's more than just me giving content. I give some content and then I have them work in groups and we, you know, we learn about the application. And it was just deeply, deeply, that was, a, that was a long, long answer to your question about what I did last week. And this was our academy last week. And I'm doing next week as a virtual, although I, I, I won't say, I, I mean, they each have their unique, um, unique uh, strengths to them. I totally enjoyed the in-person, but next week I'm going to enjoy the, the virtual one. So how, now that, you know, you've, you've sort of completed another round of it, you know, how are you feeling? Like, obviously you're probably exhausted because it's uh, quite a monumentous feat, or sorry, feat, not a feat, uh, a monumentous feat um, <laughs> to put one of these academies on. Like, you know, like I think about how, you know, exhausted I get after a day of teaching, let alone, you know, four in a row. Like I'm just counting down until Friday, um, you know, that kind of thing. Right. But, you know, especially, you know, putting all of that on for that many people and, and, you know, how are you feeling now? Like you've, you know, kind of had a chance to sort of sit sit on it, reflect on it for the last, you know, essentially week, I guess, um, since it sort of wrapped up, how are you kind of feeling about it this year? Well, it's a good tired. I think there's bad tired and there's good tired when you're doing what you're meant to be doing and you get that sweet satisfaction. It's a good tired. It's, it's what I call an authentic tired. And, you know, I've needed to take some time and rest. However, it's, it's also, I also had the experience that these people actually gave me energy so they their energy their engagement their passion to this work their commitment to this work really actually uplifted me and gave me energy you must find that when you're really aligned with your students and doing with your students what you're meant to be doing so i i came out of it hired and then i had to go immediately into travel on sunday and and teach another workshop on Monday, but it, um, but it it really is a deep satisfying tired, and and I know that I'm going to take a lot of time off for the rest of the week, but it's it's very gratifying, and so it's a good tired. 
My question for you, I guess, because, you know, this this time of year, always I get so many students who are now applying to university and they're trying to figure out what they want to do in life and they're trying to figure out what their path are. And it, it's always so devastating to me because they don't even know what's out there. They don't even know what jobs are out there. And so many of them define success and fulfillment exclusively on financial. And I know we're living in this world of of inflation and, and the cost of, of post-secondary that you know, one of my students is is going to be international uh, studying at the U of T and she's going to pay $67,000 per year. So I understand that when you're in that kind of position, why, you know, financial success is a hugely important factor, right? I mean, you know, money is a good thing. Can't, you know, I'd be naive to say otherwise, but how is it that you define success? Like if, what advice would you have for these students who are are looking out there and obviously they haven't, you know, stumbled, stumbled upon, this sort of beautiful idea of this academy, this life's work, this purposeful, like, like, you know, dream that you've had and been able to achieve. What would you say to somebody out there who's trying to figure out what direction to take their life in so that they can find that their own personal fulfillment? What a great question. And, you know, you and I have even talked on this podcast about this, but, you know, that I have said to you for years, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and then go and do it. Because what the world needs is for you to come alive. I have no idea how much money I even make in my work. I mean, I have to look at my financial statements once a year. And I, the other thing I want to say is um, I, have, I, I could not have imagined in high school doing what I'm doing now. So you can have a few goals and it's nice to have some intentions and where you want to go, but follow your heart. I really do believe that. And if you follow the money, it's going to be empty. And if you follow your heart, I really do believe that the money will come. Now, you obviously have to, you know, create enough wealth that you can, you can live, but people can help you with the money side. That'll come. Just do what you love to do and don't have put pressure on yourself to figure this thing out. You got a whole lifetime. I coach people who had it all figured out when they were 18. They knew exactly what they wanted to do and they get into a university program. And then by 40, they're asking themselves, what the heck am I doing? And they have to, they have a whole career change and they shake everything up and they've gotten into themselves into ruts. And I just say, take your time. There's no rush here. And granted, it costs money to get through school. Um, so find some work that, you know, find some, a, a good work that you, a, a good, uh, you know, hourly salary that can help pay your way through university. Take your time and allow it to happen. Follow what really makes you what makes you come alive, because the world really does need that. I mean, you found that in your career. You do what? Yeah. You didn't follow the money. I mean, you could have made you could have found a career that made helps you make way more money. And I could be better at building my business and marketing and. But I, you know, I made a decision. I think you know. I I think I probably expressed here that I I really just want to be better. I don't want to be bigger, and I just want to really live my a life that's aligned with my values. And predominantly, I, my life is about teaching and learning and helping people. That's ultimately the purpose of my life. And, and I, I always, I had a motto that came from Dog Hebersky, Dog 
Dog Hammerskanks, which was he, he Hammerskold, which was a former U.S. Uh, secretary in the U on the in the United Nations, and and he he said I would rather make a difference with a few than than Im impress the many. Is my it's a paraphrase of it, mm -hmm. and I really strongly believe that I would rather really impact a few in this academy. And then we set up these sage forums afterwards with people that want to even go beyond this and we keep supporting them and, and uh, being a part of their life. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm rambling here, but I hope that answers your question. So here's a question, I guess, too, like, so you say, you say we have an individual who's, you know, maybe they're in their twenties, maybe they're in their forties and they're not getting fulfillment out of their life. They're not getting what they need from their life. They're they're perhaps at a standstill at work. They're they're not feeling successful. They're not feeling satisfied. When you say to listen to your heart, how what does that mean? At what like how how would you guide somebody on that introspective work, on that work of looking at their life critically, thinking about what changes they need to make, about moving from a life that they are not feeling fulfilled into a life that has meaning and purpose for them about that that is that is authentically theirs that is like in tune with what their heart needs and and in tune with how they can give to the world what kind of questions would you guide somebody with on that introspective reflection to to get to that that place of fulfillment well first of all there's two kinds of purposes in life there's an inner purpose and there's an outer purpose and an inner purpose is about how you want to be in the world and we all have a to-do list, but a, an inner purpose is to come up with a to-be list. How do you want to be? How do you want to present yourself to the world? And if that's all you do is come to the world with more gratitude and more commitment to serve and more of a giving heart and more kindness, there's nothing wrong with that. To, to, that can be a purpose in itself, to come to the world and make the world more beautiful. And you can come to work every morning with the commitment that I'm going to make a difference today and I'm going to bring beauty to the world. And it doesn't matter what you do, you can be who you are by, by, br by bringing more of who you are to whatever you do. And you get clear about that as clear as you can be about your to-do list. So that's, a, that's an inner purpose. And then an outer purpose is what you want to do. And if you feel as though your work uh, does not feed your soul, and it doesn't uplift you, and it doesn't give to you, and it's depleting. And at the end of the week, when you're tired, it's a bad tired because you're there's something missing in your life. Then you can begin to ask yourself this question: these three questions: What do you love? What are you good at? And what can you do to make a contribution in the world? And start to get feedback from people: What are your gifts? And what is your passion? Now, if you, if what I find is if you're having a hard time with your passion, it might be that there's some past that you need to heal from. And we spend time doing that in this academy where we give you a little bit of a roadmap to heal from your past. Because if you've had trauma and you wall up to protect yourself and to, and to um, hope with pain in your life, you can also wall up your passion and, and be disconnected that way. But if you begin to search for where your passion is and where your gifts are, and it's really hard to see your gifts, we've talked about that in here, and then find 
other people that will reflect back to you. What are your unique abilities and your, your unique talents? And what are you really good at that you don't remember learning? These kind of questions. And then what do you do that when you do it, you lose all track of time? What are you really passionate about? And then what can you do to bring that to the world? And then you begin to say, where can I begin to align those questions with my life? Now, if you can align those more fully with your career, maybe you make a career change. Somebody asked me in the, in the course last week, how many people that I talk to that give up their job and find a new career? And that happens. <laughs> but sometimes people say, how can I bring that more to my current career? What can I do to take on some projects? What can I have? I think we all need this little space in the corner of our desk to say, that's my little sacred space that I'm working on my authentic self. And that little space, and maybe 10% of my job is doing what I really love to do at work. That's one option is to bring more of that to your work. The other option is to say, you know what? It's just a matter of, I got a good job here and I'm going to do more of that at home. And that you bring that, mm. your real passion to your personal life and your gifts. Uh, and maybe it's being a parent. Um, and that's, you know, your job is a, is a means to that end. And, and maybe it's, and, you know, I think it evolves over time, but maybe for now it's being a parent. Maybe it's being a volunteer in your community, sitting on a board, um, helping kids, um, doing something that's away from your work. Now, if you do that, if you find that sweet spot, that sweet satisfaction away from your work, your paid work, we call that an avocation. If you happen to get paid, as, as I have been fortunate enough to, to find that in your work, paid work, we call that a vocation. But either way has, has validity. What matters is that you just are finding a way to use your gifts and bring your passion to making the world a better place. I mean, maybe, you, maybe you're part of a recovery group that you're helping other people who are recovering addicts. And maybe that's where your purpose is. And your job is just simply a means to that end. Nothing wrong with that. But what's important mm -hmm. is to stop and, and reflect on some of these questions. What do these questions and reflections mean to you? I was thinking about how I had this thought with this, like how, and I'm going to paraphrase this because I can't remember the specifics about this, but I was thinking about how you know, moments when you actually have the energy to be thinking about doing something more. And when you, the moments in your life, when you just got to grind and it doesn't, you don't matter about, it doesn't matter about fulfillment and feeling good and success. You're just trying to get through day by day. And, and I was thinking about that and having like space for that as well. And like looking at, you know, within a partnership, within spouses, within work people, like work colleagues, work relationships, how everyone's going to be in a different place um, in terms of how much energy they have to be able to go through something like this. Some people are at a point in their career where they're searching for more. They're looking more for more opportunities. They're looking for growth. They're looking for more um, satisfaction and fulfillment. Some people are in their part of their job where they're just getting through the day by day. They're maybe new to their job or they're, they've got a lot of demands at home and they're just right now, like, you know, fulfillment or looking for the next level is just not in their space. So I think like, you know, regardless of where you're at right now, I think too, like anyone who's listening, 
like if you're at a place where you're like, I'm not finding satisfaction in my job, but the idea of looking inward is exhausting. That's okay. Like, I think that's the other thing too. Like you'll have time in your life at some point, you'll have energy at some point in your life to be able to reflect on that. And I think hold space too, for just, just getting through the day by day, especially this time of year when there are so many demands and things going on. Um, but I really like those big questions. And I really like too, that this is something I try to tell my students all the time that like, if if their hobby is video games and they love video games, and I know video games can often be written off as just a waste of time, there are some really highly beautiful, artistic, story-driven games that connect people. Um, and if that's their passion, that doesn't mean they necessarily need to turn that into a career, right? But they can explore video games and connecting with people via video games in their vocation. And so I really, or advocation, sorry. Um, and I really like that you have that as, as you know, you can find fulfillment in either way, right? And it, it's cool when they overlap, but that's not always the the way that it works out for some people. And, and I recall somebody I met at university and he was a, a construction worker. He worked in the trades and he was incredibly passionate about philosophy and, and, and being outdoors. And so for him, construction was not his dream job. That was not his, you know, this dream that he'd been thinking of forever. He didn't really like his job, but what it did was a means to an end. What it did was it paid him enough money that he could explore philosophy and books and go traveling. And so for him, he was living a completely content, happy life, um, engaging in those two things that made him feel alive, even if his job was not it, but that's okay. Cause his job gave him enough means and scheduling that he could pursue these other dreams and hobbies of his. And and that just totally changed my way of thinking because so for so long it was you have to do what you love no matter what. And that was the mantra and you have to find your life's work and you have to do it right now at 16 years old. So you can plan for 17. So you can plan for 18. Um, but just, you know, having those space for for recognizing that what your life needs at different point in your life is is going to change and be different and that's okay. And you know, it's just sort of doing the best where you're at and asking yourself these questions and tuning into yourself and being introspective. And yeah. Exactly. And mm -hmm. I do have a, I do have a, a bias that it has to make a difference to the world, but we all have a different way of, of, of saying that. So if you play video games, um, that has to make a difference to be, to really be authentic, but you never know, maybe you're helping someone else find a place in the world. Uh, maybe you're mentoring somebody else. You, you just have, these are internal questions and just listen to your heart. And there isn't a right or wrong to this, but just staying conscious and staying aware. The other thing that I have, and this is on a little quadrant, it's a little four box model, but if you can imagine on the vertical axes is, is uh, happiness. And then on the, on the, short-term happiness and on the horizontal axes is long-term meaning and so the mm. things that are that are that are what we call bring you immediate happiness but don't have you me have meaning in your life we call those stimulating that's stimulating mm. now if it's if it's not long-term meaning and it's not happiness it, we call that slogging okay mm. and then over here, that's long-term meaning, but it's not doesn't make you happy. It's it's what we call sacrifice. And then if it's up in the top right-hand corner, where it's make it brings you happiness, immediate happiness, and long-term meaning, we call that your sweet spot. So we have these four quadrants, mm -hmm. and it's my experience that 
there's no one job that will put you all in that sweet spot. Um, there's sometimes you just have to roll up your sleeve and it's not, it doesn't make you happy in the immediate and it may not bring you long-term meaning, but the job has to be done. Now, if I look at my parents, I remember asking my dad once, did you like your job? And he looked at me like I had beans for brains. He said, what does liking my job have to do with anything? Because that generation didn't even ask the question. He said, all I want to do is, is earn enough money to save up to pay for your education. So that was meaning to him. And, and we come from generations of people who didn't ask if they should be happy in their work or not. It wasn't. An, it was an irrelevant question, but they sacrificed, and we get a new generation that says, "If you can't make me immediately happy, I'm going to leave my job." The reason I'm telling you all this is because I believe what a good life is is it. it you work toward all four of those seasons. There's a part of your life that's slogging. There's a part of your life that's sacrificing. There's a part of your life that's stimulating, and there's a part of your life that's in your sweet spot. And sometimes that goes back and forth between your paid work. And I think as long as you can have a relatively good balance in the course of a, of a year between those four seasons, I think you're good. It's when we get caught in like we're only slogging or we're only sacrificing or we're just going from one job to another, hoping that the next one will be more stimulating than this one. If we get caught in one season in one of those four quadrants, I think that is, is uh, from my perspective, not a healthy perspective, but it's, it's not a healthy approach, but it's, it's a balance. Makes me feel a lot better when I'm stuck in report card writing hell and I'm like, Oh God, I'm going to quit. This is the worst. And then it gets done. And then I forget about how awful it is until the next report cards. So (laughs) that in every job. And I think let's not be spoiled that and unrealistic that we have to have a job that gives us meaning uh, long-term meaning in everything that we do. And it brings us all this immediate joy. It's a balance. And sometimes we find the slogging at work and then we go home and find the meaning and the sweet spot at home. I mean, I hope that we can increase the amount of meaning and satisfaction in our work, uh, but sometimes that may not be there and you, you, you sacrifice, uh, but make sure that you attend to this, uh, what I call sweet spot somewhere in your life. I like that. Well, that's actually a good spot. Speaking of sweet spot, Dad, what are you grateful for this week? Well, I'm certainly grateful that I have a career that find that I find very stimulating, that I find fulfilling, that has brought me this deep sense of of satisfaction. And I, I, I just, I, I know that a lot of people aren't blessed with that, and and don't aren't fortunate enough to have that. I, I, and I'm and I am, and I'm just very grateful for that. I feel very humbled that I was able to emerge this and find this in my life. I'm grateful for the upbringing that I had in my life that with two parents that were committed to personal development and committed to self-awareness and that brought this awareness so that somehow or other I can spend my life on a journey um, to find a path that's really meaningful for me. And, and it comes through self-awareness and, and through uh, understanding more of myself. So I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful as always to have these conversations with a daughter that even cares to ask the questions. <laughs> what are you grateful for? Honestly, likewise, like I have so many students whose parents are pushing them into very specific career paths and 
you know, forcing them to do the traditional path to make money, go to these very specific universities to get these prestigious degrees. And and you and mom were always just like, you know, follow your heart and do what do what you love and do what makes you feel good. And and then to that, I said, well, then come to my final clown performance. Thank you so much for letting me get a drama degree. Um, that being said, it was a great time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just that you guys supported all of that. And, and now that I'm able to, you know, have, again, this job that I, I love and feel fulfilled in and can have these great questions with you and learn from you and, and your life and your sacrifices and, you know, teach those to my students too. And, and hopefully that some of that will sink in with them too. Yeah, I remember that. But not everything. Yeah. That clown course yeah, was you, great. you took and how alive you felt in there. I mean, you just found your thing. It wasn't not Harvard Business School, but uh, what was that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, not Harvard Business School or Harvard Law, but by golly, it was a good time. <laughs> it didn't matter. And if you yeah. wanted to go to Harvard, then we would have created a way to, for that to happen to help you open those doors. But you found your heart and uh, you followed it. So I'm grateful mm -hmm. for that. I'm grateful to find that satisfaction. And I'll just leave with one note. Um, a very good friend of mine this last weekend passed away. Uh, he got an aorta dissection, uh, which is an, a rupture in his aorta. And, um, you know, he, he was a man who made a lot of difference in the world. And uh, my hope is that uh, we can recognize that the true meaning in life is what we give and not what we get. And uh, so I just want to leave our listeners with a message that um, if, you, if you don't spend your life trying to figure your purpose out, if, if it, let it come to you. And in the meantime, just be a giver and bring beauty everywhere you go. That's where the real meaning happens. It's not so much in what we do, but how we do it. So thanks. Stay real. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Haley.